the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. If you have your Bibles with you, and you should, I want to invite your attention on this morning to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We'll begin our reading at verse 13. God's word reads as follows. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means proceed those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, he says, comfort one another with these words. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning, eternal and everlasting God, thank you for today. Thank you for the privilege we have to stand to declare your holy and anointed word. Eternal God, I'm praying right now that you would even speak through these lips of clay, words, God, of everlasting life, words of eternal encouragement, words, God, that would lift and encouraged that would strengthen those who are struggling on this journey. Father, I pray these words today will be those that will draw someone who's lost and who's destitute, God, that would would draw them unto you. So, Father, as I preach and as I stand to declare your word, let your word go forth as a comforting balm on the lives of those who hear it and in the ears and hearts of those who experience it. God, I need your presence on this morning that I might fulfill this assignment that you've laid upon my heart. Eternal and everlasting God, I don't know how you're going to do what you're going to do, but I trust you in it, Heavenly Father. And so now, God, have thine own way as I yield myself a vessel, an instrument in your hand. Accomplish your will through me, God, on this day. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray with thanksgiving and expectation. Amen and amen. Well, family, we have been preaching through a series of messages entitled Messages of Hope in a Pandemic. We started our journey on Mother's Day, Psalm 150, and we preached on that 
Sunday from the subject matter, Praise the Lord, Mothers. On last Sunday, we were in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and on last Sunday, we preach from the subject matter, our hope in the resurrection. And as we look there on 1 Corinthians chapter 15, talking about our hope in the resurrection, there the Apostle Paul, we got a reminder of the gospel regarding the resurrection. We were reminded that the gospel of the resurrection and, and the power and the hope that we have in that. And then secondly, the danger if there was no resurrection and what pitiable people we would be if there was no resurrection at all. But finally, we looked at the fact that the the reality of the resurrection and what the reality of the resurrection actually means to us as it relates to our hope that we have. Now, as I continue preaching in this series of messages, these messages of hope in the midst of a pandemic, Today, we find ourselves on the eve or the cusp of Memorial Day. Uh, This being Memorial Day weekend and Memorial Day is a national holiday set aside to honor and to mourn those who have lost their lives while serving in the armed forces. And so the nation pauses and mourns and celebrates and honors these who have given their lives in serving our country and giving their lives in the midst of service. And this year, there are a whole lot of active duty soldiers who have also died fighting in a war called the COVID war. And so as much as we want to pause on this weekend to have picnics and cookouts and celebrations and to go down to the memorials and and honor those who've given their lives even in the past, not only can we not uh, do that in the same way that we have been accustomed to, but we also have not been able to uh, appropriately mourn and honor even some of our own loved ones who've been lost over the last few months. Uh, Because of the severe restrictions, there's been limits on how many people can attend the the homegoing services, and there's been changes and shifts in the ways in which burials are taking place. And some are feeling robbed because they can't go to a, a final service or they haven't been able to memorialize and celebrate their loved ones in a way that was customary and in a way that brought a sense of comfort to their lives. And so today, what I want to do is I want to honor all of those. I want to honor all of them in a memorial message on this morning. So if we can say it this way, this is the homegoing celebration for all the saints and all those who've gone on. And for those family members that didn't get a chance to have a worship service, this is your worship service. For all of those that didn't get a chance to tune in via live stream to see a celebration of life for your loved one. This is your opportunity, whether here in the United States or whether you're in Canada, whether you're in Ghana, whether you're in New Mexico, doesn't matter where you are, whether you're in New Jersey, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas City, Baltimore, doesn't matter where you are. Today is the day that we uh, want to uh, have a memorial message for you. And so on this morning, I want to talk to you from the subject matter Memorial Hope. Now, 
uh, just to try to stay in line with a, a typical memorial service, you know, in terms of the memorial service, we, we don't want to go too long in the memorial services, you know, because you got to get to the grave site and you got to do all those things. And so if we can kind of put our mindset in uh, the mindset of a memorial service, we want to kind of have that mindset set upon us. But on this morning, it's not just one casket in front of the altar on this morning. On this morning, if we only focus on those who were lost due to COVID. Now, I need to understand something. Even though I'm giving these numbers, these are numbers only related to those that died as it relates to COVID, but there are a whole host of others that should be added to this number who also have been lost during these last few months, whose memorial services have also been impacted, even though they themselves were not victims of COVID. But worldwide, there have been 344,000 lives lost to the COVID virus. In the United States alone, we have nearly 100,000 people who've lost their lives in the last four to six months or so to the COVID virus. And so there's a whole host of caskets that are laid out in front of the worship service on this morning. I've never preached a, a, a memorial service for so many people, but on this morning, I got the assignment of God to lay out this message for those families that are hurting those people who are who are empty this morning, those people who didn't have a sense or an opportunity to connect and have a closure to their life. This is your Memorial Hope service this morning. Y'all still here with me? So let me start by saying to you on this morning, let not your heart be troubled, according to John chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house there are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also." And and someone goes on to say, Thomas asked the question, and the Lord says, uh, the way you know. And Thomas says, "How, Lord, how can we know the way? And we don't know where you're going. And the Lord responded and said, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Nobody can come to the Father except they come through me. But I want you to be encouraged this morning that you don't have to allow your heart to be troubled. The Apostle Paul, here in 1 Thessalonians, in this text uh, that we've read on this morning, he's laid out a text. And at the closure of this text, he's uttered the words, comfort one another with these words. I thought that was pretty amazing. I thought it was pretty phenomenal that, that in the context of his disposition, in the context of his, his words of encouragement, his words of comfort, he closes out this parcel by saying, comfort one another with these words. It is in this text that the Apostle Paul wants to comfort the saints and loved ones who he longs to be with in Thessalonica and those who were concerned about loved ones who had gone on and they were hearing that they were just lost and there was nothing left of them and they had just died and that was it. And so Paul writes to comfort them and he writes and tells them not only is this message a comfort for you, but he says, take these words and comfort each other 
with these words. Lord, have mercy. And so the memorial hope that we have to share as we honor and remember your husbands, your wives, your sisters, your brothers, your parents, your grandparents, and other relatives and friends is to hold on to the hope that you have. Don't give up your hope. Don't throw in the towel. Don't surrender because there is still yet hope. Now, the reason why there is still hope that this text begins to lay out for us and the reason why you ought not hang your head low and think that it's all over is because your loved ones, they are with the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Uh, the Bible lets us know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so I want you to know this morning, I want you to understand, I want you to hold on to your hope because your loved one is with the Lord. Paul says here in verse 13, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be unaware about where your loved ones have gone. I don't want you to be, I don't want you to be like those who don't know any better, those who don't know the Lord. I don't want you to be ignorant like those who are disconnected from information. No, I want you to be aware about those who have fallen asleep. Now, he uses the word falling asleep, interestingly, because in essence, those who he is referring to as believers have not died, but they've only fallen asleep. Lord, have mercy. And he says, I don't, I don't want you to be concerned about them. I don't want you to be overburdened about them. I don't want you to be stressed out and losing sleep over those who have fallen asleep in the Lord. He says, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. What Paul says to them, in essence, your ignorance of concerning those who have fallen asleep, your lack of knowledge about what has happened to those who have left this earthly realm and have breathed their last breath and have gone on from this place, your lack of knowledge about what has happened to them can cause you or bring on to you undue stress and undue worry and undo tears and unnecessary pain in your life. And so he says, I don't want you to be ignorant about that. I'm going to educate you about this. And so he wants to encourage them and bring to them and provide for them hope because I don't want you to be unaware. I, I want you to understand what's going on. I don't want you to be grieving like those who do not have hope. Now, listen, those who don't have hope are those who don't know anything beyond this life. Those who believe that they just need to eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die and life is ended when we finish breathing here and this is it. For those, they don't have any hope beyond this life. And so they're trying to get everything out of this life because they think this is it. Paul says this is not it and your loved ones are with the Lord. So I, said, he wants, I want to make sure you know that they are with the Lord. He says... I don't want you to be ignorant about those who have fallen asleep, unless you sorrow like others who have no hope. For if we believe, listen here, I know that you are concerned. I know that you're concerned that my loved one died at a hospital, died at a nursing home, and died in a place, and they were, they were all alone, and, and I couldn't get there to them, and I couldn't be with them. Well, I, I want you to know something. I want you to 
keep holding on to your hope. I, I want you to know something that even though you weren't there, the Lord was there. He was with them. Lord have mercy. They were not alone. They were not by themselves. There was not just the nurses. It was not just the doctor who didn't know them. No, they were with their heavenly father. He was there with them in the nursing home. He was there to help them transition from this world to another. He was there with them. And even now, your loved one is with the Lord. I'm, I'm trying to help somebody right here. I'm trying to encourage somebody right here to know concerning those who have fallen asleep that they are with the Lord. And he was there with them. And even though you were not with them and you weren't there and you couldn't get to the hospital, the Lord was there and they are with their Savior and they're with, watch this, someone who they know and someone who could bring them comfort that we couldn't bring. Even if you and I could have been there at the hospital, even if you or I could have been there at the nursing home, it would not have been more comforting than to have the Lord himself to be there with them. And so I want you to know that he they're with the Lord. They are with the Lord. I, I know you're concerned that, that you couldn't go to a funeral. You couldn't go to the grave site. You couldn't be in the midst of the 10 that were selected to, to be at the service or in the building. You, you couldn't be there. But I, I need you to understand something. That, that body that they lived in, that body that they once had, that body, they don't live there anymore. They're not in that body, that shell that they once lived in. They're not there anymore. They have gone on to be with the Lord, and so they're with the Lord. They are with the Lord. If you believe, he says here in verse 14, that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Now, as Paul lays out for the Thessalonians that Who's coming with him and who's going to be with him are those who have, watch this, fallen asleep in the Lord. Now, it's essential, necessary that I qualify the statement here that everybody is not going to come back with him, but only those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Now, watch this. You can't fall asleep in Jesus if you weren't alive in Jesus Woo! Help me, Holy Ghost. And so it's those who have come into a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus who are going to not only be in him and rest in him, but when they fall asleep, they'll fall asleep in him. But listen, he gives us hope here for a day like today, for a memorial hope that I can deposit into your spirit that you can hold on to your hope because your loved one is with the Lord. He will bring them with him when he comes. Secondly, he says, not only as it relates to the hope that we have, shall we be encouraged that they are with the Lord, but secondly, that they will be raised first to the Lord. It's there in verse 15 and 16. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God will sound. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then those who are alive and remain shall be dealt with. 
Stay here with me. Why does Paul say, in verse 15, why, why does he say that they will be raised first? Now, Pastor, I thought you said, I, I thought you said that, that they were already with the Lord. I thought you told me, I thought you gave me hope that you told me they were, that my loved one was already with God. You're right, I did say that. But listen, listen, I need you to hear me out. Because there's some theological teaching I need to give to you right here. Because when your loved one died, their soul and their spirit went to be with the Lord. But their shell that they lived in, their body, went back to the ground. Now, you probably can recall being at someone's funeral or commitment and you heard the preacher or the funeral director take some flowers or some sand or some dust or some dirt and they took it and put it on top of the casket and they made a cross out of it and they said ashes to ashes and dust to dust and they made a cross out of it. Well, what they were literally trying to articulate is this body came from the ground and this body came from the ashes and back to the ashes and to the dust. It shall return because this body that we live in, this flesh that your your loved one was living in and dwelling in, it's got to go back to the ground. It was not created for heaven. But their spirit and their soul have been reconnected and go back to God. And so their spirit and soul are with the Lord. But at this point, at this point of the text, what the Apostle Paul is dealing with, at this point in the rapture, at this point, what's literally going to happen is that a glorified body is going to be raised up and reunited, Lord have mercy, with their soul and their spirit because the flesh that they had could not be in the presence of God. It was a sinful flesh. It was a corrupt flesh. It was a dying flesh, but a new and glorified resurrected body shall be raised up and reunited with their soul and spirit as it is with the Lord. I hope this is making sense. He goes on, he lets us know, he says, they're going to be raised up first. He gives us this whole order of rapture. The order here is that they'll be raised up first. He gives us this order that there's going to be a shout of an archangel and the trumpet of God is going to sound and the dead bodies will raise, be raised up first and they'll be collected together with Christ. And Christ will rise. As Christ rose, so will they rise. And this is why, listen, listen, listen. This is why we don't have to worry about what happened to the bodies of our loved ones. Stay here with me. This might, this might help somebody. See, right now, we're going through a, a season of time when normally what would have happened is your loved one would have died and they would have taken and put them in a casket and then they would take them to the grave and would have dug a hole down six feet down, put you in, in the grave liner and drop you in the ground and cover you up and all that kind of thing. But, but right now, because of the multitude of deaths that are happening and because of the, the urgency, there's a whole lot more people who are not having in-ground burials, but there's a lot of people who are now opting to do cremation. Y'all still here? 
Now, I know in certain diasporas that, that that's a no-no. You, we don't burn my body. No, don't burn my body. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I gave my life to Jesus because I didn't want to go to hell. I didn't want to have to be on fire. Listen, listen, listen. I'm, I'm going to teach you something here. I'm going to teach you something here. The, the reason why we don't have to worry what happens to this flesh is because this is not the flesh that's going to heaven. Lord, have mercy. And, and watch this. And, and it doesn't matter whether they cremate you it doesn't matter whether your body was lost in the woods and the worms and the 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 animals ate your body or whether a shark ate you it doesn't doesn't matter what happened to your body doesn't matter if you burnt up and your your body got caught in a fire doesn't matter what happened to the body doesn't matter if there's nobody at all that anybody could ever find but God knows where your soul is and God knows where your loved one's spirit is because they are with him and watch this and when the time comes when he comes back for his church he's going to resurrect a glorified body that's not like the one that they used to have and it will be reunited with their soul and their spirit in heaven with him to continue our journey tune in next week for the second half of today's message praise the lord You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.